Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. So, Liz. Yes. I, as always, I want to start off our Happy Hour podcast with some happy news. So, I know this is going to probably surprise you, but the the noose, that, the NASCAR noose. Not the um, news, that, like what we talk about. <laughs> the news. Okay, I just want to clear that news. up. Yes. The noose slash garage door puller slash who knows what it is. Um, apparently was not a hate crime targeted at Bubba Wallace, who no one had heard of until there was a noose <laughs> right? in his garage. Funny how that stuff works out. I was like, oh, hey, there's a black dude in NASCAR. Okay. Well, I don't, I'm, I'm, I know this is a surprise to people who know me, but I'm not a follower of NASCAR. So Godspeed. I don't get it. Cause there's just cars going in circles and I'm just like, why are, this is really boring, but okay. You know, teach his own. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, Hey, there's a black dude. That's great. And then that's yeah. all the thought I gave about it until I was told that, you know, I was a, a racist, I guess. Because there was a rope to pull down the garage door. And you know, Julie, because you we talk all the t- all day long. We talk. You know right away. I was like, no, this absolutely is not. This is not. This is Oaks. Because here's why. So in our age of virtue signaling, nothing like nothing that's oppressive or virtuous happens without video or pictures on the internet. That's that's exactly right. Yes. So there's literally no way in hell that it was an actual news and nobody took a picture of that. Whoever found it, I guess one of his car front car assistants or whatnot. I don't know what they're called. So as soon as his team, sorry, I don't know what these, I see you're familiar with NASCAR. Um, You know, like, I'm just said, how is it that if they legitimately found a noose that somebody didn't whip out their phone, which is glued to their hand at all times and take a picture of it and put it on Twitter and be like, look what I found. But there was no picture. And I was like, this isn't, there's no way (laughs) this is real. Yeah. No. Um, And so we knew right away because we're in these little group chats. So as soon as this story started percolating, we were already mocking it in full, not just mocking the story, mocking the usual suspects who jumped right on the bandwagon. This would be Ben Shapiro, Nikki Haley. um, I think Martha McCallum. It's not even the left. It's not even the Democrats and the left. Right. Like I'm not I expect them to do that. Cause that's their bread and butter, right? That's their, that's their clickbait, their bread and butter. But I'm always surprised by the ones on quote, our side, <laughs> you know, that are right. first in line to start, you know, to basically flash the world, their, their wokeness, you know, like a, like a trench coat and they open it up and they're like, here's my wokeness. Yeah. Um, so that's really what we were. So you would think these people 
Walter Covington, the Russia collusion hoax, the Christie Blasey Ford, that they would stop like smacking their face in the sliding glass door. You know what? Like how many times do they <laughs> do we need to put like butterfly stickers on the sliding glass door of the left? So the never Trump right stops walking into the glass door and like embarrassing themselves because that's what they did again. I, I mean, they didn't even think for a second that this that it had no proof. To your point, there were no pictures available, that it was preposterous to begin with, that they ask no questions. I mean, their lack of skepticism. But like you're saying, it has nothing to do with facts. It's straight up virtue signaling. They're trying to pretend that they can walk this imaginary common ground between the left and the right, which doesn't exist. And they just embarrass themselves yet again. Well, I just don't buy into this assumption that this is that it's taking a political position to say, let's wait for more information. You know, that's playing according to the left's rules. The left's rules are you have to immediately come out and condemn it because it's horrible instead of saying, hey, let's get some more information. And. We've been through this so many times in the last four years where some outrageous on its face scenario is given to us as fact, really stuff that strains credulity, like the Covington kids, where these like young high school boys in town for the March for Life attacked this indigenous person of color in broad um, daylight. Native, native oh, elder. Sorry, native elder, religious native elder in broad daylight in front of, I don't know, thousands of tourists. And nobody thought to say, that's kind of strange. Can we get more information? So how many times does this have to happen where we get a story, everybody's hair is on fire, and then it turns out it's all a lie? Just a week or two ago, I think it was maybe a little over a week, we had a case in Oakland where people found <laughs> nooses. Again, what is it with nooses? Well, this isn't the 1950s, for crying out loud. I mean, racists are much more subtle, first of all. I don't know the last time somebody was legit, like we had an epidemic of noose hang hangings by noose. But someone in Oakland had found, ro I'm just going to say rope or something hanging from trees in a park. And the Oakland mayor, which has to be one of the top wokest people in the world, or she wouldn't be Oakland mayor, um, did investigation. We had an immediate investigation, and we found that the person who was responsible for the ropes came forward and said, oh, no, those have been there for years, and they're – we use them in our exercising when people go in the park, I guess kind of like a parkour, you know, where they're going through the course and they use them as resistance bands or whatever. Mm -hmm. they're, they don't even look like a noose. Okay. They don't even look like a noose. And the, the mayor's response was, well, you should, you know, you need to be more sympathetic that someone might think it's a noose. And the guy who put them up originally, he's like, I'm black. Okay. Like I, you know, he's, it's just, we're, we're, I almost think these news stories are from the onion or from Babylon B, you know, I just, I don't know. I just, don't. and look, given the historical illiteracy of like 98% of Americans right now, who even knows about the news, right? They, 
who would even know that this is part of the history of how black Americans were treated over time. I, I don't even think these kids could say one thing about it. Well, they, I mean, right. I mean, this all started, you know, two years ago to them. (laughs) So, yeah, they don't, they don't know. It's just like somebody, it's like the Pied Piper, you know, like Pied Piper speaks up, gives the order. And then all of the little Piper followers chime in. Oh, it's horrible. Oh, this is terrible. Racist, racist. I don't know. I mean, this, this NASCAR thing. You know, what was weird. You know, yeah. what was weird is how much um, Bubba Wallace looks like Jesse Smollett. Oh, my gosh. Right. Well, that is kind of like another sort of subconscious, like, hey, this dude looks a lot like the last dude. That's another thing. If you're going to do a race hoax, can you up your game so it's at least plausible? I mean, we just had the last one, right? This is January. Wasn't it January? We had Jesse Small. I don't even re- It's all blurs together. When Jesse, yeah, it was January oh God, when it was like right. negative 50 in Chicago at 2.30 a.m., and we get this story about people throwing gasoline or bleach on him, saying you're in MAGA country in the middle of Chicago, hello, and putting a noose <laughs> around his neck again with the noose. And and it just was so obscene. You, you've got to up your game. It's got to be more believable. You know, you just can't, I don't know, take it from like the SPLC's page of hate, like list of possible hate things. You've got to make it more believable because this stuff isn't even, it's not remotely credible. And then the problem is kind of with the Jesse Smollett thing, this, there's, you know, as you have pointed out, fake but accurate. Well, this actually didn't happen. And it gaslit the country and all the political pundits and social media for days and led to all kinds of soul searching and hand wringing. But when it comes to out that it's not true there's no recriminations right so the people who stoked the latest bonfire of racial divide based on a made-up story they never have to come out and say hold on a minute they never hold really jesse smollett was quasi held accountable but you still have people today apologize you know he bubba wallace then issued this mealy mouth statement and then everyone is like oh bravo thank you so much for you know admitting what this was well he didn't number one and number two he had spent days on cnn and other media outlets making all kinds of accusations and assumptions and broad characterizations about the country when none of it was fact he never saw it himself he changed his story a few times a la smollett fashion and everybody then, I guess, just goes away. Okay, well, whoops. My yeah, bad right. again. That's right. And nobody's held accountable for basically fomenting, you know, civil discord with a lie. And we just move right along. But, I mean, with Bubba Wallace, he was still saying it was a noose, even after the FBI came out and said it's a garage door pull. And to be fair... <laughs> The guys over at Conservative Treehouse figured this out within like two hours, right? They mm-hmm. just did image searches of Talladega and they're like, oh, gee, this has been here for a while and it seems to be in other places. There's even a video going through the years of like at different garage at garages where you could see that mm-hmm. there's nooses. And the thing is, just because there's a loop at the end of something, it doesn't make it a, a noose. 
I mean, I have blinds in my office and there's a loop at the bottom of them. And, you know, it's not. Oh, my God. You know, I'm reporting you. <laughs> are you going to call? You better call the the, the hate crime. I'm, the hate crime hotline. Uh, but, it, you, you know, it, it's it's it. I don't know. Uh, part of me thinks this was a publicity stunt for NASCAR because, you know, they are desperate to join the woke corporation brigade, even though their fan base isn't super down with that. You know, if you're Apple, then yes, your niche consumer wants to hear you talk about how woke you are. But if you're a NASCAR fan, they they really are not into that. But I think NASCAR is desperate to have an opportunity to prove how woke it is. And so they just really milked this and they pushed his car around and they were, we love you. We love you, Bubba. You know, even after Bubba basically accused them of being the hate crime people, because this is a big deal. Those garages aren't open to the public. It's not you can just wander up and say, hey, what's going on with your $250,000 car here? You know, can I you know, cut some wires on it. It's not open to the public. Whoever did that, if it were real, would have to be somebody he worked with or was like a NASCAR worker or on the team of other racers. So, and yet they all pushed his car. We love you, Black Lives Matter car, you know, whatever. I mean, it's just, it's too much. It, I will say that this did get debunked rather quickly. Like, thank God Mm -hmm. the FBI came out all 15 agents, 15, right. 15 agents. We don't know mm-hmm. who's taking the statues down, but we sure as hell know about that stupid fake news for our 15 yeah. agents came out pretty quick. Think cause they could have dragged their feet. Can you imagine what the news would be like if they hadn't waited like two weeks to come out with the findings? We would, it had been every night and St. Right. Bubba and we're going to have a holiday on his birthday now because it's Bubba. <laughs> You know it, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. We, we've we seen the script a few times. So we have a really great compilation of all of the media just literally having a full on, hold on, what is, a full on meltdown over this story when it first broke, including uh, charges of racism against, you know, the stupid mouth breather inbred dummies that like NASCAR. Um, Cause you know, of course they're going to put a noose up in someone's garage. So anyway, listen here. NASCAR is investigating a horrible incident. A horrifying, racist, jarring, disturbing, heinous, perverted, ugly, cowardly, dreadful, hateful, stunning, shocking, appalling, disgusting reminder of who, uh, again, this sport is for. A noose found in the garage stall of Bubba Wallace. Obviously, this is completely appalling, but do you think it's surprising? No, it's not surprising at all. And NASCAR is often considered a sport that is tethered to white folk, tethered to the South. The Confederate flag in a sport that is overwhelmingly white and certainly dominant among Southerners. NASCAR has been trying to somewhat move away from it and I say somewhat in kind of air quotes. They were going to remove Confederate imagery. Uh, to think that that's going to happen in a span of two weeks after all that NASCAR has has been for all of its existence um, is foolish. <laughs> I mean, my cynicism and sadness is that it's just not shocking to anybody. As much as NASCAR may try to distance itself from that, it's a living, breathing part of their sport. 
we need to understand that racism continues to be the underbelly of American society. I mean, that this happens in the year 2020 is just beyond belief. Let's just remember that until the last two weeks, NASCAR endorsed and embraced this sort of of performative racism week in and week out by embracing and wrapping itself in the Confederate flag. Yeah, isn't that lovely? You would think wow. you would think that I mean again, I, I don't I don't watch NASCAR. I don't think I've ever really watched NASCAR. I mean I have friends that that like it. You would think this was literally a sport about like hating black people. You know, it's <laughs> where like, they ran we, them over. It's like not they about cars at, at the all. end. It's not about cars, Julie. It's about, you know, I don't know, killing black people. I th- these right. comments are so absurd. It it shows, first of all, how out of touch these people are with anything that isn't the self, you know, their self-appointed proper you know, interests for them. You know, this NASCAR thing is so foreign. They have no idea. They 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 don't know who the fans are. How does racism have anything to do with NASCAR? It's car racing. But if you listen to this, the accusations, and this was really early on before we had any information, there were all these specialists ready there. I imagine them, you know, sitting in their cushy offices, with like a red phone with CNN. Oh, CNN's calling. I got to get on. Got to get ready for my spit out my sound bites, which are always the same. Um, just really despicable and of course there was probably no follow-up saying they probably didn't even run the story that the fbi came out and said there was no no uh, that that it wasn't that you know it's on all the garage doors so there is still there was an article up today and of all places the wall street journal a lengthy article still insisting that this is a noose and how did it get there in 2019 and how did no one see it beforehand? This is in today's wall street journal. Like, did you not get the Bubba memo? Have you, we're moving on. Like no one's defending this as a noose anymore. And just the way that this inflames, not, not just, I mean, adults, obviously, but our kids, right? Kids see this, they're on social media, they get so riled up instantaneously. And then when the facts come out, it's it's too late because this is just an effort to sustain this overheated, destructive, collective meltdown that the country's having over race. I, and I mean, Wallace should have to he and NASCAR should have to come out and own up to this, not just with statements on Twitter. Like they need to apologize for contributing to this current climate that we're all suffering under. That's that's a good point, because I was wondering, where is the apology for all of the insulting assumptions that were made by Bubba, NASCAR, about their fans, but also from this jokers in the mainstream media? Where is the where is the apology? There's not right. going to be an apology at all. Oh. And and and. Furthermore, there is going to be a chunk of people that will always think that it was a noose, right? Just like there's idiots out there with signs saying, hands up, don't shoot. It's like that Mm -hmm. never happened. But people think it happened. It served its purpose. It reminds me of there's there's no greater example of how the media is really just so integral to this subversive progressivism 
was when Harry Reid on the House, on the Senate floor, said that Mitt Romney had not paid his taxes, like ever, mm-hmm. or he paid $5 right. in taxes or whatever. And of course, he was. <laughs> Didn't he pay it with the dog, the, the station wagon that he had the dog attached to or something? He paid it from the. With the value of the of the cancer woman he gave cancer to, and I think and the binders full of women that made money for him because they're really hookers. No, but that he Harry Reid said that on the floor of the Senate where he has immunity, so he can't be held he can be prosecuted for you know slander and libel or whatever, and and then afterwards Harry Reid made a point which was that well he didn't win did he, so. You can see that this is a similar thing. They've made their point. They've made their point by doing this. And, you know, the sad thing is NASCAR has just rolled over. And I'm not asking them to take a position at all. I'm asking them to just say, we're not going to play this game. We're not going to get in the middle of it. You know, we're not going to get into this. But these corporations are either terrified or they're sympathetic. So it's one of those two. Well, speaking of, you know, it's while we all of these little hoaxes and quasi crimes and lies to the public and to the media, everyone gets away with that. Right. Except there's one man who told allegedly who was framed, who was sabotaged, who was set up, who was ambushed, who was harassed, bankrupted. Allegedly over one little lie to the FBI, who's still being targeted by these same forces. And of course, we are referring to Lieutenant General Mike Flynn and more developments in his ongoing saga, which looks like it's towards the end, hopefully, uh, this week. Yes, that was... I. I wrote this morning in my morning greatness, which is my morning news briefing. I wrote Mike Flynn finally had a good day, you know, like this poor guy could not (laughs) four years later (laughs) get a break. And he finally had a good day first with the three um, judge panel from the D.C. Court of Appeals, which basically throat punched that idiot Emmett Sullivan, who Mm. for some reason believed that he could bring a case against Mike Flynn if the Department of Justice <laughs> didn't think it had a good case because there were so many problems with it. And the D.C. Court of Appeals was like, bitch, please. And <laughs> seriously, because, I mean, this Sullivan guy, he, he was had his own lawyers and he had he had pretend mm-hmm. prosecutors to take up the job of the DOJ. This whole thing is like. Again, it's it's like so absurd that this is happening and, you know, he got smacked down. So now Sullivan has to allow the DOJ to dismiss, you know, have the case dismissed as the DOJ wanted or or he could demand that the case get moved up to the entire D.C. Court of Appeals, which I believe is 13 judges and have a on bonk it's called on bonk hearing with all of the judges just to torture Flynn some more so mm. Julie what do you think the likelihood is do you think Sullivan's gonna just you know drop the mic or do you think he's gonna be like I'm not done yet I would have to go with the latter 
considering yeah. his behavior over the past few years. Wasn't it Sullivan who called him a traitor? Yes. Didn't he say he committed yeah. treason? Wasn't that like a year or so ago? So the guy's off his rocker, right? And he is being fueled by the resistance. You know, I'm sure he has some convo with an Obama bro every day about what is next. Um, so I would have to go with the latter. Yeah, I I, I think I think this is going to be over for Flynn like the day before the November election when Trump probably loses, <laughs> you know, <laughs> seriously, this poor. Right. Can you believe it? It's been o- almost four years of four years right. of this for him. And yeah, I mean, it Well, really five because five, they, yeah. well, they started they targeting yeah. Flynn since they forced his resignation in 2014. For those who are listening, Mike Flynn used to work for Jim Clapper, Obama's uh, uh, director of yeah. national intelligence. And so this is a long-standing grudge that the Obama people have with Flynn. And so they are going to, he and his henchmen, his toadies, Barack Obama's, and this includes sitting judges, are going to drag this out and make this as miserable as possible. Yep. So I, I would be surprised if this is over and he just lets it go. I think... I think they are. And I think part of what they're doing is to keep Flynn from speaking, because I suspect that he's figured out a lot of stuff that they don't want him to talk about. Not that it matters anymore. Nobody really cares about this story that much because there's so many other things. And also there's a pandemic and also our country's burning on fire. So (laughs) people aren't, you know, going through these transcripts and putting together this massive, just tremendous um, puzzle that we've been working on for four years with all the, you know, deep state fed gov people, you know, I think a lot of people, you know, they're just, they, they're tired and they're just not, they're just not onto it anymore. So, I mean, I think people, you know, go ahead. Sorry. You know, who else is really tired of this apparently is, um, (laughs) our favorite Republican Senator, Lindsey Graham. Um, so he finally did some heavy lifting, on the committee that he has chaired for a year and a half. Um, He finally got his Republicans on that committee to vote two weeks ago on a weak resolution that authorized him to subpoena 50 plus Obamagate conspirators. And Liz, I know this will shock you um, just like the NASCAR news uh, hoax shocked you, but um, I have been reaching out to both Senate Judiciary Committee and Graham's office this week repeatedly. They refuse to tell me or give me any update on those subpoenas and whether Graham has actually issued any of them, one of them, zero of them, 50 of them. We still have no information on that. Yeah, um, I'm sure that the wheels are moving as we speak, Julie. I'm sure there's <laughs> look, there's never going to be hearings there, it's it's he's. I just don't. I just don't think. How how is there time to have hearings for of fifty people? You know, with fifty people. He, well, this is what I wrote about. I think a month or so ago, when he first made the threat, and it was fifty subpoenas. And at the time, and this was quite a few weeks ago, there were only fifty six or fifty eight working Senate 
calendar days left between then and the November election. So now we're down to maybe what, 50, 48, 47? Probably less because remember, they um they don't work in August. Um, they probably get two weeks off for the 4th of July, which is coming up. Um, so there's a couple weeks in July that they theoretically are working. August is out. And then I don't know what the schedule is for September, but there isn't, they aren't really around in October because it's before an election. So we're looking at like maybe four to five weeks possible of this happening. So, so, and you send, let's say he sends a subpoena to Susan Rice, right? So the committee sends it. Vice president candidate, vice president contender, Susan Rice. <laughs> yeah. And then there's what negotiation. It's not like Susan Rice just goes, okay, when do you want me to show up? Oh, tomorrow. Okay. I'll be I there. Mean, <laughs> right. There's no, there's yeah. Back and forth. Her lawyer's going to say no. And then they're going to ask for close, you know, protections and behind closed doors, which she already did at the house site, et cetera, on and on and on. And then it never happens. And then the Republicans lose the Senate in November, which they should because they're feckless, irresponsible cowards. Yeah. Among other things. Right. So then all this goes away and Lindsey Graham's like, well, I tried. I went on Sean Hannity and I, you know, had this resolution and I wrote a letter. I sent a letter to these people and I said, You are naughty. <laughs> I get to the bottom of this. Yeah. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Oh, God. He is just absolutely garbage. I mean, just useless. All you have to do is look at the way the Democrats mobilize. They are already planning to impeach Barr. They have a bunch of fake whistleblowers that said Barr told them to go after cannabis dealers. We had that testimony yesterday. They've already, like I said months ago, they have a whistleblower in every agency ready to go. They are, they mobilize quick. They have their hearings. They steamrolled the Republicans during all of the impeachment crap where the Republicans couldn't ask any questions or call any witnesses. And here we have Lindsey Graham, who whose main goal is just to get on Fox on primetime. It's just just absolutely, you know, somebody needs to just get him primary him. I think it's too late, but, Mm -hmm. you know, there somebody needs to put in like a hundred million dollars and just be like, I am going to spend one hundred million dollars to make sure you lose your seat. And I don't care if you're replaced with like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez's twin, but you need to get out. <laughs> really? I mean, there there's definitely a need for a movement, which is like we could call it the GTFO movement where we just go and punish like people who have done just an awful job of doing anything they do they they don't honestly the democrats deserve to take over because the republicans have let them not even that the republicans fought and lost they literally let them they let them and so the sad thing is that me and julie and probably you if you're a listener you're we're going to be in gulags we're going to be in gulags and you know unfortunately you get the president you deserve and unfortunately i get the president you deserve too so well, I think that that is an accurate rant. And, I, you know, we uh, I wrote about this this week. You and I have talked about it extensively. People on our side have. 
is, first of all, what we're seeing now is the outcome of decades of failure yep. by the so-called conservative movement establishment Republicans who were so worried about nation building in the Middle East that they f- completely failed to set up any infrastructure to fight the left here at home. And so while they were worried about spreading democracy in countries that you know are rubble now, 30, 20 years later, the left infiltrated, obviously, academia, Hollywood, the media, and now corporations. Corporate, corporations, yeah. No, we have no front left to fight on. Nothing, um, nothing. We've given it all up. And the worst, I think, the worst thing we did was sacrifice our education system so that now we have a bunch of out in the streets pulling down, in the name of racial justice, actual abolitionists. I mean, they, they don't even know what statues are toppling. They're just going to destroy stuff. You know, these people are empty. They have no purpose because they've been filled with an education that promotes nihilism. And they're just tearing down everything they can. And the media is supporting it. I haven't heard a single Democrat condemn any violence. They don't care that they're destroying minority nope. businesses in their neighborhoods. They don't care. And yet they're doing it all for minorities. So, you know what? We're, Julie, you and I are on the same page about this. It's like you obviously didn't want to keep your republic <laughs> because like right. was it Benjamin right. Franklin said, if it's a republic, if you can keep it, guess who right. didn't want to keep it? You know, these assholes that we put into office and and that have get millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars a year to run their fancy little think tanks, think tanks. and advocacy groups, actually really fundraising they're just really fundraising machines more than anything. You these nonprofit people, the top levels at these nonprofit think tanks and um, you know C4 organizations that you know are allegedly fighting for you and your causes. These people are taking home five hundred, six hundred, seven hundred thousand dollars a year, and they haven't done shit for you. And they haven't done shit for what they said they were going to do for us. So, yeah. But Well, what you're referring yeah. to, for those who are listening, is the big kerfuffle between the Heritage Foundation and other think tanks and Tucker Carlson, people on our side. So Tucker Carlson called out uh, Kay Coles James, the woman African-American woman who heads the Heritage Foundation, a legacy conservative think tank. Uh, She wrote a really contemptible column after George Floyd's uh, death and called out America for, you know, it's racism, calling it a fatal wound. It's a cancer. We can't put a Band-Aid on it. You know, stuff that you expect to hear from read on Vox or here on MSNBC. There's the same language. I mean, she used the language of the left. She was rightfully called out by Tucker and now is being condemned by other people. Ned Ryan is one who I think said the Heritage Foundation has taken in over one billion dollars since the year 2000. And what have you done to get us prepared for this moment besides crank out white papers, hold annual galas for your pals? They have luncheons and roundtables. Merry luncheons. They have luncheons and roundtables. That's what. Do they have Do they have working groups? Yeah, obviously. The real duh, question. Yeah, they also write letters, like Lindsey Graham. They write letters to the president, and you know, 
and get they, many important signatories. They take on the pen to paper and they write a letter. And, you know, all the groups do this. They're mostly just started and continued by people who want to be kingdom, have a kingdom. And actually, they don't really work together. I mean, they, peop, they, they pretend to like each other, but the top levels, they don't. They view each other as competition. And the, it, the competition is for your money, all right? It's for your money to get donations. That's what it's for. So, you know, we have all these well, little mini, mini kingdoms set up and mini kings, you know, who have, like, unbelievably expensive buildings that you're wondering, like, if somebody's some 70-year-old widower and she's, like, scrawling out a $10 check to save America, why are you in, like, a $20 million building with prime real estate? Why aren't you in a strip mall in, like, Vienna, Virginia? No, you're not. Mm -hmm. You're, like, you're across from the White House. So is that a good use of your money that donors give you in good faith? And, you know, and yet, what what do they what do they have to show for it? I mean, the thing is, when Trump came into office and being someone who is not in the political industry, doesn't know who the p- pieces are on the chessboard, they don't know, like, what clan each person is part of. He had no idea. Right. He probably thought that people were what they say they were and, and not didn't understand the sort of allegiance of various factions here somebody had to tell him who to hire who do you think did that these think tanks were ones that helped him pick his administration and there is just a body count of idiots that have been put in and shivved trump in the back even Mm -hmm. after getting bona fides like from the rnc and other Mm -hmm. other establishment outlets and look what we have it, it's terrible. <clears throat> well, yes, it is. And that's why I think people criticize Trump. And I think a little bit rightly so why he has taken more action in the face of this assault, this onslaught of by the left over the past few weeks. But who, first of all, we agree. He has, he makes some really bad personnel choices, people close ad- advisors to him. But even if he did take any kind of bold action, you have he has no backing from the Republicans in Washington, D.C. He might have a handful of House Republicans, but they have no power anymore. He can't depend on Senate Republicans to come out and say, yes, you are right to send. And I disagree with it, but send troops to this city or pass an executive order related to vandalism or related to what's happening in Seattle or wield his power in any way, he he look at the Republicans who lined up against him and this Lafayette Square attack. And I'm using fake quotes around that. I mean, you had Ben Sass in the Senate Judiciary Committee a few weeks ago when Dick Durbin said he wanted to investigate the Lafayette Square attack, you know, when Trump was walking from the White House to St. John's Church and tear gassed millions of peaceful protesters in the middle of Washington, D.C. And puppies. And unicorns and rainbows. And yeah. They were having a bake sale. <laughs> Meanwhile, the truth is that these people are vicious. They're screaming, yelling, filthy things at the police. They're spitting on them. They're throwing objects at them. They were asked to move, and they didn't. That's how you can tell this isn't a protest. 
people who go to protests and they want to march with the sign and they want to chant like whatever, hey ho, let's go, whatever it is. Oh, that's the Ramones. But you know what I mean? If they want to go chant and they want to sign, that's fine. If you're not there for bad or you're not there in an adversarial position, you if the cops say move, you just move. You know, right. this this idea that you're going to fight the police is and and I say this as a, a recovering libertarian because now I'm like a law and order person that thinks we need more tanks and like missiles to use on these insurrectionists. But, um, you know, if the police say to move, move, you're not going to win if your goal is not to get beat or shot or caught up in a in a mess and those crowded in. Um, protests are very easy for it to go sideways. Why wouldn't you just listen to the police who'd ask you to move? But but they didn't do that. And so now, again, the media keeps lying and saying, oh, they used tear gas against peaceful protesters. That's a lie. Okay, that's a lie. They needed to move and they didn't move. And you know what? It's similar to this phenomenon of resisting arrest by the cops. Now, I'm not saying the cops are right every time. You know, we've had this conversation. Oh, right. right. We are not we are not blind cop lovers. Okay, we're no. both suspicious. We, we I, honestly, I just stay the hell away from the cops. But let me tell you, when I get pulled over and since Virginia generates a tremendous amount of revenue by giving traffic citations, there's almost one policeman for every driver in this ta- in this city. Um, I have gotten pulled over for not even traffic infractions, but for not having the proper state approved steel like um, stickers on my car that I've gotten 20 million inspections. Exactly. You, would it ever strike me to like, pu- like get out of the car and be like, you want a piece of this? You know, like, <laughs> fuck you. Start you want spitting. This bitch? No, I put my hands out the window. Cause I have a five, a concealed permit. They know when they run my plates, I could be carrying a firearm. So what do I do? I put them at ease saying, I understand this could be a very heated situation. As soon as I put, put my car in park, out go the hands. So they can see my hands are out the window. That makes everyone at ease. Why do you want to resist arrest? Why do you want to resist it when the co- the police tell you to move? Plus they're throwing bottles and rocks. You know, this is just not a protest anymore. And this isn't about racism like the really bad stuff. And there's just a lot of useful idiots that are going to be the first to to go once the people that want power have achieved it with the help of the useful idiots. But yes, no, but of course you're, yes, they should. They're not going to obey the law. They they're lawless people. They represent a party of lawlessness, which is the democratic party. But the whole idea that the president of the United States can't go wherever he wants to go, clear out people who are in his way. You know, they shut down, they shut down highways during rush hour for hours if a president is traveling somewhere, right? So when Obama used to come to Chicago, he didn't care what time it was. You know, he's showing up for fundraiser in Lincoln Park at five o'clock on a Tuesday. Every expressway is shut down for hours. Doesn't care yeah. who they're inconvenient. I know they're not using tear gas, allegedly, but you're still majorly disrupting people's lives because the president decides, I want to go here, I'm going at this time, and I don't care what the consequences are. So the idea that in the midst of this riot, 
Trump couldn't show a sign of solidarity or strength to the country, walk across the street, clear out these rabble rouser losers by any means necessary so he could go show I'm with this church, I'm with the people, I'm with, you know, faithful Christians, people of all faiths, et cetera, whatever the message was. But somehow he crossed the line and not the protesters crossed the line. That's the absurdity that we're dealing with, not just on the left, but within our own party. So that's yeah. why if he can't walk across the fucking street and hold up a Bible without Ben Sass and other weasels in the Republican Party yeah. wanting to investigate him, how is he going to defend Seattle? How is he going to even defend what happens when they come for the Jefferson Memorial, which, you know, they're doing if he wanted to surround that with thousands of troops you think ben sass is gonna say yay boss go get him no no he's he's all about eat me last right he, but right. i didn't hear what i didn't hear is ben sass talking about the old church that got burned down that they tried to burn down and did fire damage to did i hear any did i hear any condemning of that did i hear any republican come out and say you cannot destroy property it's in in every case, it's not their property to destroy. And in all those cases, there's actually a legal and safe mechanism to remove the statues. The people that control the statues are local elected officials. I'm not talking about D.C. because that's a little different. That's federal stuff. But in these right. other cities where people are just knocking down whatever abolitionists and, you know, women, women who, who fought the, the, the Confederacy that they're just destroying, mm -hmm. you know, I've seen mayors, I've seen police chiefs out walking for this cause. All the, you, Those are the people that can make it happen if you really want it to happen, if that's your goal is to really do it. But that's really not the goal. So I, I'm very disappointed that we've had very few people come out and say, we respect your right to protest, but we draw the line at any property damage and any physical assault of police officers. You know, these people want to ascribe less rights to a police officer than the average citizen. And he doesn't give his rights up to be a police officer. I can't believe I'm That's defending right. cops. But, I mean, you know, I, same, you know, but these guys <laughs> right. don't deserve to get beat up no. or get there's hundreds of guys with head injuries that had to go to the hospital. They have sort of inflammatory devices thrown at them or flaming bottles. Come on. That is out of control. This this barbaric. And yet, wh where did we hear the big Republican guys that are, you know, they're probably in makeup getting ready for their primetime hit on MSNBC or something. Mm -hmm. But very, very disgusting overall. I'm just disgusted. Hopefully... This will end <clears throat> or it's ending or dying down. Apparently, some National um, Guards has been deployed, I think, in Wisconsin or Michigan. Did they send the after they beat to up that Madison. progressive gay um, state assemblyman? Again, another victim that they don't even know what they're doing. They beat up that assemblyman or state representative who's a hardcore progressive and also gay. They just beat him up. Oh. Into camera. Did you know that? Oh, oh, oh. yeah. This I, think, I shouldn't in, laugh, but Wisconsin. I don't really care. Yeah, yeah. he was just taking well, a picture because he probably he was taking a picture of some antifa tantrum, and he just wanted to take a picture of it. And they all rushed up to him, and they were like, "You can't take a picture." And they beat him. And the guy was like, "Wait, I'm one of you. I'm on your side." You know. And it was like, "Well, 
that's awful. But that tells you like what the purpose is, right? Which is not, there's no purpose. They don't have objectives to achieve. They just want to destroy. They just want to tear everything down. So. Right. Chaos and mayhem. That's yeah. the point. So we'll see um, if next week when we're back, you know, are we still talking about the riots? Are they worse? Are they better? You know, I don't know. Well, we do know, um, thanks to Andrew Cuomo, that that um, he did everything right with coronavirus and oh, yeah. now is targeting Republican governors for doing. So maybe people of our side by next week will all be dead of coronavirus <laughs> because according to Andrew Cuomo, they played politics with lives and people are dying now because they wanted to reopen their economies in Texas and Arizona and Florida and Cuomo is there a more contemptible politician right now he's than so Andrew disgusting. Cuomo? He's a murderer. Like that guy is a full on murderer. And if yes. we're going to talk about removing qualified immunity from the police, we need to have a very serious conversation about removing qualified immunity from any government official or elected official. So he can be sued personally by all the people who lost their family members when he transferred in like hot virus cases into their nursing homes. Um, it's, I've heard him say that or or argue that, you know, he was just following the Trump administration's guidelines. But that's a lie, too. He was not the Trump administration. See, the CDC did not say you need to force nursing homes to take patients nope. and you're not allowed to test them to see if they have the virus. They did not say that. That is not a Trump administration. That is an Andrew Cuomo and that Gretchen Whit Hitler, whatever her name is, Whitmer. She also did it. I think a couple other Democrat governors did it. Murphy but in New Murphy Jersey and Newsom in California. Newsom, they all had the same policies. Right. But there's other states that didn't do it. So, I mean, obviously it wasn't a mandate, but he's trying to weasel out of this. And people need to remember he needs to be held accountable. He needs to be held accountable. Meanwhile, Liz, anyone, he is, is he, he yeah. is taking responsibility. He says it every time. He's taking responsibility for what? For his masterful handling of the situation. Okay. From, yeah, because it was so smooth. It was so smooth. Okay, but let's remember, New York State has one quarter of the total COVID-19 yeah. deaths in the entire country. There is a good argument to be made that a lot of states, such as Florida and other states that were not experienced, that they stayed shut down for fear. New Yorkers and New Jerseyers would come, whatever you call them, would come to their state and spread the disease. They were the super spreader, right? Andrew Cuomo from day one, and I wrote about this starting in March, he had no plan. You're talking about the biggest city in the country, international travelers coming in and out by the thousands every single day. They knew that coronavirus was a threat starting in January. Their emergency rooms in New York City were already overwhelmed. You had nurses and healthcare providers on strike in 2019 because the hospitals, the public hospitals especially, were so overwhelmed that they were in no way prepared at any level. They had no plan. He had no crisis. He had no pandemic crisis management plan for his state. He he winged it the whole time. He did everything wrong. And now he's on this media tour 
with Jane Polly, who practically like stripped off her clothes during this interview, like swooning at him, flirting with him, wanting to know why he isn't entertaining lovely ladies at Gracie, I guess not Gracie Mansion, that's New York City, at his governor's mansion in Albany. And he's just making the rounds like, hey, I didn't kill, you know, 10,000 grandmas and I didn't wreak this havoc across the whole country. I'm the good guy. Ron DeSantis is the bad guy. Well, now in in just another even bigger jackass move, um, he is banning travel from like <laughs> people who want to go to New York from Arizona and Texas. And I'm Which like, would be who? Name I'm one like, person. Who is that? No worries there. But I mean, the nerve, you know, like at the beginning of the pandemic, um, did any states come out and make when everyone was like one person was dying every second in New York? Did anybody come out, any state come out and say, you if you live in New York, you can't come here. You do you you infected freaks. Nobody did that. But now Cuomo's making this big. I think maybe some states did that, but he's making a big thing over the surge. You know, there's a surge and. They the people in Arizona and Texas can't come to New York, dude. First of all, what is left of New York after the rioting? Um, a lot of the tourist areas got completely trashed. So, you know, I don't know. Are you right. gonna go shopping? Oh, sorry, there's no shops. Um, but he's just he's a jerk. I don't know if he's gonna get away with it. I think, I think the media is going to keep going to keep trying to prop him up, but. If you know someone or you have someone in your family that died because of his um, bad behavior, I just don't I don't think he's going to get let off by those people. I hope not. I think that there are some um, and let's add this to the list of the fecklessness of Senate Republicans. If the Democrats were in charge of the Senate. And Florida, led by a Republican governor, had a quarter of the country's total COVID-19 fatalities, uh, doomed thousands of nursing home residents to death, um, and kept the he Ron DeSantis would probably already be out of office, run out of office. He'd be in he jail. Would be he <laughs> he'd be in a gulag. He certainly would at least be on his third Senate hearing, right? Yeah. Have has anyone called Andrew Cuomo to testify nope. before any Senate committee? We've spent how much money in New York? How much did we spend on the the what is it Kravitz Center? Oh yeah, the um oh my god the makeshift hospital hospital Javits. It's the Javits Center. <laughs> yeah, no, I that never saw a patient. How about the, the mercy uh, ship that we sent over there and all of the ventilators? He was like, we need we need 100 million ventilators. <laughs> Remember that? Yep. How, where's no. the accounting for how much we spent in New York of federal tax dollars we're because of his ineptitude? We're never we're never going to get that number. But your no. point is very well taken. Um, and yeah, I'm just I'm just speechless. I think this is such a, a just despicable. And of course, there aren't any hearings. Um, the Senate hasn't had any hearings you know, from New York City and New York State health officials. Um, do they have any whistleblowers the way that the Democrats have like 100 deep state whistleblowers and every agency ready to go for their big day in front of a congressional hearing? No, of course not, because this is just going to get blown over because it, it's easy 
to blame these um, incompetent Democrat elected officials at the state and local level. They just direct people's anger to Trump. That's w- and they need to be part of it because they are incompetent. Like I said early in the show, you don't like the way your police is treating your citizens. That's a local issue. You go to your mayor and you say, unless you do this, we're going to vote you out of office. You go to your city councilman or your alderman and you say the same thing. But these people don't want the spotlight on them. They want they need to put it on Trump. And, you know, Trump doesn't do himself any favors either. He mean, he he really doesn't. Um, So, you know, well, that's not a happy ending. I'm sorry. (laughs) All right. So we're almost done. But. We are going to do our one cool thing segment, um, which is uh, the part of the show where we talk about one cool thing. It could be a new thing to us, and we want to share it with you. So, Julie, you go first with your cool new thing. Okay. I'm not – I'm going to acknowledge up front it's not really cool, but it's something fun for the summer if you have access to it, and that is pickleball. So, you know (laughs) – Shut up. So, you know, (laughs) I know it's such a stupid word. So, you know that I play tennis. I gave up golf like a year and a half ago just because my game fell apart and I didn't have time anymore. So, I do tennis, which is great workout and I love it. So, pickleball kind of started in Florida and I think it's for old people, but it's also a fun suburban couples. We're having like a big tournament this weekend at our club and like five couples and then you know, we drink and eat during and after, but it's a cute game. Um, it's kind of like a mix between ping pong and tennis. And, um, so if anybody is looking for, if, if you're not under quarantine still, and it's some kind of stay at home order, if you're looking to ease into some kind of outdoor activity, uh, with your spouse or friends, uh, I would check it out. I was skeptical at first, but I started playing it and it's sort of fun. It sounds really white, Julie. I'm not going to lie. It's so <laughs> white. Are you ta- white privilege? It's that should that should be the name of it. Well, I, I, I've always wondered what it was because I've heard people talk about it, but I didn't want to ask what it was. You know, you know. I didn't want to seem stupid. And then I would forget to Google it like when I was back in front of a computer. So thank you for that. So my cool thing is a series on Netflix called dark and the third season is coming out this weekend. It's um, I think there's 10 season, 10 episodes in the first season, eight episodes in the second season. And now the third season's coming out Saturday. It's actually a German series. Um, so you can listen to it dubbed. It is a great sci-fi uh, thriller. Um, I, I, I really like it because there's no movie stars in it and that makes it, it has to have a good plot. You know, you can't just coast on, you know, Angelina Jolie or whoever is the flavor of the month. You know, you have to have a, a good <laughs> plot to keep people engaged. So it's great if you like sci-fi. It's got time travel. It's just a really great and not time travel like space and spaceships, but people bopping around throughout the 20th century. So it's 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 really it's really good. So I recommend that. And well, yeah. yours sounds way cooler than mine. No, so. but I could play pickleball while I watch it this weekend. I mean, there's nothing. We could do both. There's room for everything. <laughs> We're big tent here at happy hour. Um, all right. Well, I think we've had our hour, and we'll be back next week 
um, to talk about the riots or no more riots or no more America. I don't know. Um, another let's race hope, hope because it is um, our nation's birthday last next weekend. So let's hope we make it to the what number would this be? Two. I'm not even going to add it up. Last. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> the Sorry. Last, last birthday. The last birthday. <laughs> so we'll see you next week. We'll talk about whether the judge has uh, allowed Flynn's case to be dismissed. We'll talk about riots. We'll talk about race hoaxes. We'll probably shit talk Lindsey Graham because that's one of the things we do best here at Happy Hour. So have a good week and we will see you next Friday. Thanks for listening to Happy Hour with Julie and Liz. We'll see you next week. Bye.